dedicated to the Netflix show Sweet Tooth. This week we are covering episode 6 of Sweet Tooth titled Stranger Danger on a Train. Uh, th- this this must have been like a um, child of the 80s. Right, that <laughs> right. Wrote Stranger this Danger. <laughs> <laughs> That's all I could think of was <laughs> yeah. the 80s whenever I um, saw that title. Um <laughs> General thoughts about this week's episode. We're in the we're in the home stretch, only with a couple episodes left to go here. So, mm-hmm. what did you think about this episode, just in general, without going yeah. too deep? I, I try not to sound like a broken record because it seems like every week it's the same thing. Yeah, I liked this one. It's setting up more story, but it's like at this point, six episodes in, we only have two more. Which holy crap! But I was like, I know. All right, all right, that's enough setting up. Come on, let's. Let's merge. Let's follow through. Where are we going? Yeah. Um. <laughs> well, I'm with you. I, I I didn't hate this episode or anything, but um, it for me it was a little bit more of a transitional episode. Like we, I, I feel like we didn't get too far. I feel yeah. like we didn't get as much movement, but it, it's okay. I mean, we have two more episodes to go, and like I said, wow, um, it feels like we just. I feel like for me anyway, I feel like we just started talking yeah. about this. Um, series so so i enjoyed i think there were some interesting um things that that were discovered and i think we are being set up so we can kind of now they're kind of pitching the ball those next two episodes are going to kind of you know um you know we're going to hit it and see where it goes so i hope so yeah not to not to spoil you know we'll, we'll mention it at the end of the episode but i mean based off the title of the next episode i'm like Mm-hmm. Don't be more set up. Please don't be all just more set up for a big finale. Like, uh, let's keep carrying forward. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think um yeah, I think the next episode I'm I'm really anxious to to watch too. We haven't watched it yet um because we want to talk about this one first, mm-hmm. but um yeah, I think we're definitely going to get some long awaited answers. Yeah. Um and then in the penultimate. So so yeah, I think this was a good episode. There were, you know, like I said, a couple of interesting, you know, revelations, but there wasn't a whole lot of um, moving things forward, at yeah. least yet. For if me. there was like ten or twelve episodes to the season, then I would be a lot. I mean, not to say that I'm unhappy with it, but I would be even more because I'd be like, yeah, totally, we're still in a midpoint, we're exactly. moving things forward. But as it gets really close to the end of the season, you kind of hope for a little more. But I did enjoy what they gave us for sure. I I agree. I agree. Well, with that being said, uh, because I, I really want to talk about um, this episode and hear what your thoughts are, what is your number five? All right. My number five is uh, I'm just going to talk about Jep's past a little bit. Some of the things that we yeah. we see or you know find out about or whatever. And, and some of it's really small. He said uh, mm-hmm. when they're getting on the train, just – the football flashbacks and stuff, which we knew about. We had known he was this star football player. Yes. You know, I picked up on that on the pilot episode, I guess. Most people didn't. But I still you did. did. Uh, you were like the only one. <laughs> but uh, But then we get more references to that because I love that. It's just like, oh, what was it? Bear said something about, like, does he know who you really are? And he's like, oh, yeah, I didn't take you for a big football fan, which is a <laughs> great uh-huh. line a couple episodes ago. But uh 
yeah, so we see a little bit more of that. He uses that kind of flashback and it amps him up to get onto the train, which is kind of interesting. And uh, but we get a little bit more of that and kind of learning a little bit more about him through his friend, Jimmy, who he meets on the train. And I don't know if you have Jimmy as a point or something later, but I try not to talk about him specifically too much right here. Mm-hmm. But but the guy, the maintenance guy on the train catches them. Jep's fighting him and then like halfway through the fight realizes like, oh, holy shit, Jimmy Jacobs. Yeah, that must have been weird. Yeah, it's an old teammate of his uh, on the team. And I love Bear's line. Oh, great. Now there's two of you. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) She's she's funny. Yeah. But then we find out things from that, you know, he's talking about like different teammates. I, I couldn't tell if he was being like, oh, yeah, have you seen these guys since them on the team or it kind of seemed like a lot of these football players all joined like the last men together. And yeah. I, I wasn't sure if that was what had happened or not, but it kind of seemed like, you know, Oh yeah. Like these guys, you know, we we're cause when he says, you know, being out on the field, I was like, like the football field or like in the field of duty, <laughs> like right. what, all, what did that With span? The last man. Yeah. Yeah. I wasn't clear on that either. I was mm -hmm. a little confused, but I know that he had also, um, he suffered some, some brain trauma through which we know is quite a hazard um, in the profession of football and other sports as well, not just uh, football, but I think that's where you hear it the most, you know, with multiple concussions and, you know, you can definitely suffer, um, you know, from that. And, and, you know, you get, I mean, there's, tons of different like symptoms and, and, um, you know, things that happen, but, um, you know, definitely one thing, you know, is being unfocused and your memory and, you know, things like Mm -hmm. that. You can tell he's, you know, so it was kind of hard to decipher, you know, was he just confused about some of the things that he was saying or exactly like what was going on um, and what he might've been referring to. So, yeah. Mm -hmm. But, uh, really the biggest one that, that Jimmy drops is for some reason he thinks Gus is Jep's kid, which was like, yeah, I don't know if that uh adds up skin tone wise and stuff, but you know, good on you, Jimmy. Uh, <laughs> uh, um, <laughs> but you know, cause he, and the reason I said, you know, Oh yeah, there's adoption and all this stuff, but he literally thought it was like his like kid kid, because he says the last time he saw Jep, uh, his wife or girlfriend, uh, Louisa was pregnant at mm-hmm. the time. And so it was definitely like, Tommy's and that was he's like oh so you, you chip off the old block I guess whatever he's like it's not my kid but he's just he's just a kid I'm trying to help which I've got another point that goes into that later but mm-hmm. but I, I thought you know it was really an interesting thing that we saw a little bit of like dark part of Jep's past also and knowing that like the teammates and stuff that he rolled with he's just like oh they're all gone now and then when asked about his his partner and unborn child being like they're they're gone too it's just, just like the other guys, they're gone. And I don't yeah. know, because Jimmy says, you know, oh, was it the sick? And he doesn't answer. So, like, what does he mean by gone is kind of a question I have there. Is like, are they, like, dead gone? Or are they just, like, separated? Did they leave due to his part in The Last like Man choices. and all that stuff? Yeah. Which then leads to all the, like, fun theories I've seen online of people talking because I found a good way to like get into theories of people talking without spoiling future episodes for myself. I'm oh. I'm good at that. <laughs> TV time helps a lot because you, you go episode by episode. You are um, sneaky. 
Yeah. And so I can see what people are thinking based off of just this episode. And there's a lot of theories of people thinking that Wendy could be Jeopard's kid. Oh, <laughs> it's like, really? Because she was dropped off with Amy. And so we don't know anything about her parentage. It's like, I don't know how you would even like confirm that or prove that or Jeopard would write. Other than I guess if Louisa would have given, given birth before they were gone or separated or something happened to her, he would have probably noticed pig features on the baby, but right. who knows? <laughs> I like that Gosh. little theory. I don't know where that goes, but. Uh. <laughs> it is an interesting theory. Uh, huh. Well, that gives me something to think about. Um, I hadn't mm-hmm. even hadn't thought of that. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, I don't think so, but there's people theorizing on it. So I think yeah. it's, it, at least well, to throw it out there that that's what some people are thinking. It's, it's fun to have those theories, right? I mean, it's, yeah. it's people are talking about it and you know, that's always a good thing. Um, mm-hmm. Well, that's interesting. Uh, I hadn't heard that. So that'll give me something to think about um, Right. that. I mean, that actually kind of goes into my number five was kind of essentially the train, um, which mm-hmm. when I first saw it, I'm like, so now we know where all the toilet paper and hand sanitizer went. <laughs> right. Um. <laughs> I was like, yeah, we got a small taste of the commodity that toilet paper is in a pandemic. I could only imagine where in their situation. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, so now we know where it all went. I'm going to start looking on the trains the next time um, this whole second wave and, and there's no toilet paper to be found. I'm going to go start yeah. looking on the trains. Mm-hmm. Um but it, I thought it was really cool to see how Jep, you know, how he kind of harnesses his um, old football abilities and how he pushes himself to jump the train. You know, like he wasn't going to make it and whatever he did to make himself like focus and kind of get in his game, like game face, you know, and mm-hmm. gameplay to be able to make the train. I thought that was really cool. That um, little like montage that they did, like he was back on the football field for him to kind of get back in that zone. I really enjoyed. However, um, you know, I know that when they got on there, they said it was an unmanned train, but I did have issue. They were running like right next to where like the engineer would be. Right. And I'm like, okay, so it might be unmanned, but isn't there someone like driving? I don't even know if it's the right term, driving a train. I don't know. (laughs) But like in that head car there, the uh, engine, I don't know. I'm like, why would they not be seen? I don't know. That was, <laughs> I had to like, like, okay, come on. Um, but anyway, they, they, they get on the train and yeah, they encountered um, Jimmy and I thought that was really cool because y- usually Jep, the Jep that we've seen since we met him, you know, he's very stoic, you know, and he's very uptight and very serious and he's grumpy. And yeah. here we got to see, you know, he had a big grin on his face and he was a little bit jovial, you know, when he realized it was Jimmy and they were kind of like, you know, living, um, you know, old memories a little bit. And yeah. like you said, through Jimmy, we learned a little bit about um, Jeff that he had either a wife or girlfriend, significant other, someone in his life. Um, mm-hmm. And they had a baby on the way and we don't know what happened to them. Um, I had yeah. the same questions. We don't know if it's the sick or something that happened that um you know they're just somehow no longer together if something happened in their lives you know yeah. but it it kind of explains um how Gus definitely kind of is is able to tap into those paternal instincts that Jep has mm-hmm. um you know he's kind of really started to soften towards him and i you know it's it's i think interesting to see that and it was good to see it on this episode too um, and I think 
and even though we don't know what happened to Jep's family, it, you know, considering the wall that he's built around himself, acting like yeah. he doesn't care, care about people, um, it would make sense that he's suffered some kind of great loss. Um, mm-hmm. And that's kind of why he's been acting the way that he has. He's very much like he doesn't want to let people in because um, he's went through something. So yeah. I thought it was an interesting um, time there on the train, getting to meet this um, old friend. Yeah. And then uh, when he's kind of faces off near the end a little bit with the the last man there, and they have this like wanted poster of him. So that's another thing mm-hmm. that we see. And I don't know if that was like something that's been a thing or if it was after the incident at the train station in the market the first time. Right. I wasn't sure how recent or if like even whenever he first ran into Gus in the first episode, if that was already a thing. But either way, whether it's more recent or it's been a long term thing, he's being hunted by the last men himself just the same. I wonder if um because i mean there's so much we don't know about this world and i think i was talking about it a little bit on the last podcast about you know not really understanding like what type of like if any like government structure I mean, we know this general mm-hmm. abbot and he seems to be wanting to like take control of the world the country whatever um that you know that we can call whatever is left of america um but so I don't, and I don't know a whole lot about the last men. Like, are they like what we would consider what used to be our military? Is there some si- so maybe it's like some sort of penalty for having left the last man? We know he was yeah, a part of the last man. I mean, so much so that he had, um, Oh, the, um, the scar. Um, yeah. It was like a brand brand. Thank you. I couldn't think of it. I mm-hmm. totally went blank there for a minute. <laughs> um, I mean, it's, it's such a, a thing that they brand you. I mean, that's pretty damn permanent. It, it feels like if you decide to be uh, part of the last men, it isn't something that maybe you leave easily. So I wonder if when he decided to leave, like you're just not allowed to leave. Like you're, you're yeah. one of, if you leave, then it's kind of considered like you're a wall and mm-hmm. you are then end up, you end up on a wanted poster, but I don't know, maybe that doesn't really hold weight either because he didn't really bother to um, disguise himself when they went to the market. He was of course worried about disguising guests, but I mean, look, Jeff is not yeah. someone that can really disguise <laughs> himself that easily. Right. he's a big guy. He yeah. takes up a lot of space. Um, so I don't know. Maybe that doesn't hold a lot of weight either. But yeah, I don't know if that if it had to do with their incident at the market. Was it prior to? Clearly, they should know who he is if they, he was a part of the yeah. Last Men. And because I was like, well, how would they know his name? You know. But I was like, oh well, I guess he was. Yep. A member. But anyway, I'm rambling. <laughs> I'm just kind of thinking out loud as I go here. <laughs> Trying That's to what make most it all, of this podcast is, <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> trying to make it all make sense in my head, and I'm trying to connect those dots. And yeah, anyway. Um, anything else that you want to say about your number five? Uh, no, I think that's it that I had. Cool. Well, like I said, that was um, my number five as well. Just kind of wanted to talk about, you know, getting on the train and the train itself and, and you know, kind of seeing that other side of, of Jep when he met Jimmy. So uh, let's yeah. talk about your number four. All right, my number four. Um, a new character that we are introduced to in this episode starts with a J, not Jimmy, the other J, uh, <laughs> Johnny. <laughs> what a strange, strange duck. He's one of the last men that works for Abbott, who's put in charge of watching over the things while they're packing up their house and moving them on and stuff. 
Mm-hmm. And I just, I don't know about this guy. Cause we get, you know, Abbott called Johnny get over here and you keep an eye on them and help them move. He weirds me out a lot, <laughs> but I also kind of like him. Like, I don't know where I, I, it's the Bobby conundrum with this guy yes. for me, but except not with like, is it cute or creepy, but more like, is it awkwardly likable, creepy, or just like, you know, <laughs> creepy. creepy. Yeah. Like, yeah. I don't know what's up with this guy. Um, but yeah, whenever he comes over and Abbott like tells him like, don't screw this up. And I was like, uh, why, why tell him that directly in front of the things? I was like, is he known to screw things up? And then, yeah, that was kind of a in what way? Like, as in, he's a good person, and like he'll be tempted to like help the things out in a way that Abbott doesn't like, or like in like a serial killery bad person kind of way. Like, don't wear their faces, don't screw this up. Oh. Like, with him, I feel like it could go either way. It puts the lotion <laughs> in the basket. Right? Yeah. <laughs> I was like, I, I I can't quite get a read on this guy. He's creepy, but kind of like likable as well. And I wasn't <laughs> sure. Well, and I'm not either, but I'll tell you one likable thing that he did, which, you know, um, I think I have in one of my other points. I'm not sure. But um, when he lets Trixie go. Yeah. That I'm like, I, well, I, I don't know about you so much, but you did this thing and I I like that. I don't know if he's a good person yeah. or a bad person, but that I think was a good thing. So mm-hmm. it's it's one of the things that leans me towards good guy Johnny. Yeah. Is because I mean when the things are being bagged up and put into the car, the Jeep or whatever, like you can see on his face, it focuses on him for a second that he looks conflicted and worried and like that he's not really proud of what's going on. And then when he gets in there with them and he makes sure he's like, I just wanted to let you know, I let your horse go free, you know, like it was very thoughtful. So I was like, okay, I have hope for this guy. He's still very creepy in some ways, but yeah, he but has I, have, an odd I think nuts. it's, yeah, he gives me Eugene from the walking dead. Oh. <laughs> A lot less talkative, but like, yeah, just kind of the way he carries Can't himself. Can't figure and, him out. Yeah. <laughs> a little bit of a weirdo and not quite yeah. like he, he, something ain't measuring up just yet. Yeah. That was definitely yeah. the vibe Eugene gave me the first time now I met that, him. Yeah. The creepy column I give to the way he eats Pop-Tarts. I'm just like, May, is that a thing? He, you know, he, he gets into the Pop-Tarts, but instead of just like taking the whole pastry out of the thing, he like crumbles it into pieces and it's just like picking pieces out of the bag the whole time. Like it's. Huh. Is that a thing? <laughs> well, why am I focused on little things like that? I don't know, but I pick up on things. I love I'm that. like, I, he I, eats pop tarts in a weird way. I'm tracking this guy. <laughs> I've never uh, seen someone um, tear it or like crumble it in in the bag first and then eat it. But you know when, and I don't really don't come at me, anyone. I don't really like <laughs> pop tarts. Um, <laughs> I've eaten them. Sure, if I've had like. My daughter used to love them when she was younger, so we would sometimes mm-hmm. have them. And if I was like dying for a sweet, which we didn't keep a lot of sweets in the house, especially whenever I was like super physically active and and working out a lot and trying to really be health conscious, we did not keep a lot of sweets in the house. But I have a, a serious mm-hmm. sweet tooth, which I've mentioned um, on the podcast multiple times. So anyway, yeah. um, it, I would be like scrounging through the house, like I need something sweet, and I would see a pop tart, and I'd be like, okay, that's like the only sweet thing we have in this house. I'll eat that. Um, but I, I would have to tear, like, I, I like it in little pieces. I wouldn't crumble it in the package. Mm-hmm. I would, I do like it warm and like toasted. Yeah. So I would pop it in the toaster, but then once it came out, I would like tear it into pieces and eat it uh-huh. in pieces. I wouldn't just like have it as like the whole 
pop tart and just bite into it. So, you know, I, I'm like, ah, was it that weird? In the middle of there. <laughs> I know I'm a little weird, so I don't know. <laughs> There's good chance that, yeah. But yeah, that was yeah, a strange yeah, thing to do. Yeah, but he's just quiet. So that's where he's different from Eugene. Uh, but yeah, but he's just kind of quietly just sitting back until, of course, they mentioned Trixie, the horse, and he like perks up. Who's Trixie? Maybe he's an animal you lover. Know. Yeah. And this is like that. At first, he thinks it's their kid, and it's like, oh, it's our horse. They helped us out a few times, which I thought was a funny line. Yeah. But then, for like, sure. he seems really like, okay, okay. And then, so you like that moment where he's been thinking about that and makes a point to set the horse free. I'm like, okay, Johnny, there's hope for you yet. <laughs> yeah. Maybe he's not such a, a, a bad guy. I feel like probably not everyone is. I feel like it's all about survival in this world right now. Um, I mean, even even in this picturesque little gated community that the Sings are a part of, I mean, it has a very sinister uh, underlying um, tone to it. You know, as at, you know, when someone just vaguely presents themselves as sick, they immediately saran wrap them in their home and burn them alive, mm-hmm. and eat pecan pie while they're doing it. Um, so it's a very, very different world, but, and I feel like not everyone can be bad and, you know, he, he could, I mean, an oddball. Yep. But mm-hmm. could be just a bit of a weirdo in a situation, you know, trying to survive. Like this is yeah. the side that I lean on because it, I, I, I get to be alive and yeah, you know, so who knows, but he, he was interesting, but I did like that. <laughs> did like that. He let, let Trixie go. I like it. I hope we get to see him again. Um, yeah, I, I bet we will. Cause I feel like he, you know, we got to know him a little bit, so I bet he'll be like in the next episode or maybe in the last one. Mm-hmm. Um, I like that. Um, well, my number four, uh, I wanted to talk a little bit about, you know, a little bit more about what happened there in the house. Um, and, you know, in quotes here, the cure, you know, yeah. that, that we are, or that they're talking about and that Addie lies about. Um, and when, when they talk about this, as Ronnie is talking about it, um, you know, I feel they are just now pushing themselves into the situation that Addie's been trying to avoid the whole time and actually having to experiment now on hybrids. Like he's been, you know, kind of been trying to find other means. Um, and now I don't think there's any way to avoid it now with the path that they are on. And I think in a way, um, Addie has been slowly working himself up to this, um, gruesome task for some time um, because he sees that what he's been trying hasn't been working but now here we go you know now they're on this path and they're on with Abbott and he's you know you know he's lied to Abbott about being able to or that he's so close to making or finding a cure that he's making up this nonsense about hybrid genomes and ghost DNA and resequencing genetic code to close some key gaps and you know, none of that is in the book. It's all bullshit. And, you know, <laughs> you know, Addie, Addie panics, you know, because he realized he, he's not sure how he's going to accomplish that at all. And 
I think he's definitely not going to be forced to do what he had been trying to avoid the entire time. And I don't know. Um, yeah. He goes into that survival mode. Like you're talking about, like, you know, do what you have to do to live, team up with whoever. Once they, it, it's pretty clear that Abbott had no intention of saving them. Actually, the reason that right. he, but they bust in and put the fires out had nothing to do with the sings. He was just, he just didn't want the book to burn. He was after the book. Once I mean, he got that, and he just like, eh, all right, cool. We're good without you guys now. So, yeah. And I'm curious. I'm like, dang, wouldn't you, I mean, I don't know, are doctors that prevalent or scientists or whomever that can figure out, you know, crack the code or, or use that book to be able to, you know, come up with a cure or if he already thinks that the cure lies in that book, I don't know, but mm-hmm. I'm like, I don't know. Should we really just be eliminating our doctors? <laughs> Is he really so even interested in a cure? Because with this new world, he's in charge now. <laughs> Is he that kind of person? Well, I mean, <laughs> maybe, but I feel my thoughts on it are is he would be even more powerful if True. he had the cure, you know, um, if if he held that in his hands and, you know, could wield that over people, then it would make him even more powerful. So mm-hmm. I think he does want a cure. Um, and people would maybe even lean more towards him as like a, you know, a savior in their eyes because he's delivered the cure, you know, yeah. for, um, you know, the population, you know, that is left um, and has pretty much wiped everyone else out. So I don't know. Um, but yeah, quite a, a precarious situation they have found themselves in. Um, and so secret that, you know, they're having to be blindfolded and you know, covered up to be able to go there. Um, so they're still not in such a great situation. You know, they're handcuffed no. and they were able to take a few things, but they're still not in like the best set of circumstances. So mm-hmm. that was, that was all that I had for that. Unless you have any other thoughts about that. Yeah, I've got some more. That was actually one of my uh, numbers later on. Oh, so okay. I'll just move it. Yeah. I can just move it back. To, that kind of could be my number three. Just to, yeah, keep that going. Uh, so if you're kind of done with that point, I guess, then my number three can be the continuation of that, which, uh, yeah, I said, you know, with Abbott not really caring about whether they live or die. But uh, yeah, Addy kind of bullshits his way into getting him and Ronnie spared with the stuff that you mentioned. Now, Addy keeps saying that Ronnie's not contagious. <gasps> And I was like, what about the dinner party? It's like, was Doug really infected some other way? Or like, because he still seems to be really doubling down on this whole, she's not contagious thing. I know. I I, I don't know. I'm like, how do you know, Addy? Because we we never really got a definitive answer about Doug. I mean, I know that there was speculation. Well, he could have gotten it wherever he got the pecans. Um, Because it sounded like pecans were very hard to come by. Did he get them by some kind of illegal means or I guess illegal in this new world, whatever that means. Mm -hmm. Um, And did whoever maybe provided them or wherever he got them, could he have gotten it? I mean, is it possible? Yeah, but we don't know that. Yeah. Um, So I, I don't know. I don't know that it's fair to say that she's not. Is it whatever he's been giving her um, able to kind of suppress um, you know, her being able to pass it on. I, I don't know. I wouldn't feel very yeah. confident in that. Yeah, I'm not sure, but uh, 
Ronnie still seems to feel pretty confident. Uh, yeah. To, a, to a, a point where Addie's like starting to freak out. I love it. You know, when she's talking to Johnny and she's like just very bold about questioning Abbott and the last man and all these things going on and downplaying them, even, you know, with Abbott being like, oh, that that's Abbott. I figured he'd be less beardy, you know, like this stuff. And Addie's just like, Ronnie, stop. Like it's scaring him a little bit. It's like, you see, you know, why are you being so blase about just, you know, saying whatever you want. It's like, you're going to get us killed. Um, we've got to, we've got to play ball here and mm-hmm. that's not the best way to start. Uh, so it was interesting. So, you know, Ronnie still such a polarizing character. And I mean, I don't know if we've been kind of hard on her. I do like that. I mean, she definitely is the rock that Addie needs to keep him from completely losing it. And he relies on her. I do think that the kind of pep talk that she gives him was perfect for the situation. It definitely was what he needed to, to keep going. You know, that she, you know, cause he's panicking. Cause he's like, now I have to follow up on the bluff that I sold to Abbott. And I don't know how to do that. And she's like, we've adapted. You can figure it out. You always do. She, <laughs> like, good luck. Got some unshakable faith. I mean, yes, I I think does. it's I, I like that she has confidence in Addie and that mm-hmm. she was there to boost him and be like, I believe in you. Um but I'm like, you know, they're they're not in a good situation. And he's also being put in a position where he's having to do something that he doesn't agree with and he's certainly not yeah. feeling so great about, you know, talking about how he's feeling like he did. Um when he decided to stop being a doctor, you Mm -hmm. know? Um, So, I mean, I'm glad that she has that faith in him, but at the same time, it's like, you know, I don't know. I guess it wouldn't be any good to be panicking if both of them were in in a state of panic or whatever. So. Mm -hmm. um, And I think the way that they really show that is with the kind of emotional tie, which shows her that she does have a sentimental and like sweet emotional side to her, but the Scrabble tiles. Yeah. Because while while she's just, you know, already in pragmatic mode of like, all right, we're going to just do what we have to do and we're going to keep going. And Addie's starting to lose it. He's on the floor freaking out because he can't find all the p- Scrabble tiles to the game. So they can't play because mm-hmm. that's been an anchor for them through all of this. And so then I like kind of at the end after they're, you know, bagged up sitting in the car and she's taken the, the Scrabble tiles. I think it had like, did it have like R and A on them? I think so, like their names kind of thing. And then they at least had those they could hold on to. And so there's like this little sentimental piece. Like, yeah, maybe you can't bring the whole game, but like I see you and I'm there for you in that kind of sentimental way. Like we are in this together. And I did think that was really sweet. Yeah. I'm still pretty mad at Ronnie. Uh, But I, I, uh, this episode was better Mm -hmm. for me where she's concerned. Yeah. Well, yeah, I'm I'm kind of anxious to see what happens next with where yeah, they're at. For sure. Good one. Um was was that your number three? Yeah. Oh, okay. Well okay. it was actually my number one. Oh okay. You just moved three. him around, bumped him around <laughs> yeah. for me to accommodate me since I kinda <laughs> went right through there. Um all right. Well, my number three, I want to talk a little bit about the zoo. I don't have too many points right. on it, um, but 
you know, we we saw last episode that the last man had marked the fence, like what we saw with uh, Peba yeah. and Gus's um, hideaway. Uh, so, of course, that's not a good sign. Um, so they decide to leave. And I don't know. I'm I'm curious what you think about uh, Amy's de- decision to send Wendy and the other hybrids away. Do you think that... I mean, they needed to run away. I know they didn't need to say yeah, that. I mean, her decision, sure. I guess, to stay back and yeah, kind of leave them. What are you thinking about that? It's a lot of faith to put into such a young girl. Yeah. Uh, but I do get it to the fact that, I mean, she wants to buy them as much time as she can to let them get as far away as possible. Because if she goes with them at any point of the last men decide to just go in, they're going to fight. They're, you know, they're going to find the escape route sooner than later. And so if Amy's there to hold them back, then that's that much longer before the last men are on the tail of these kids. That's I was really kind of conflicted. I was like, how could you leave these kids? They're all just little kids. And, uh, you know, Wendy isn't any younger or much younger than half of them, Um, Mm -hmm. you know, She's never had to deal. And I mean, she's clearly a very smart little girl. I mean, she's very smart and she's capable, but it's still a lot, I think, to put, um, you know, on a little kid and to be in charge of all these other little kids. Um, And I was interested to see, you know, we talked a little bit about one of the episodes when we realized how much the preserve was, um, how much it was growing and how many hybrids there are now. And I thought all of them were a lot more like um, Bobby, you know, where they're more animalistic than human. But I don't know this episode. um, We saw a lot more more, humanoid. (laughs) Yeah. Kids like Wendy or Gus that were, you know, more humanistic and had animal characteristics versus the other way around also. And I think some of that could, and I think we didn't see as many just because, you know, it's CGI and expensive and, um, mm-hmm. you know, so. And then a lot of the ones that were practical, like makeup is like, it's in a dark area where they just kind of did the minimum that they could on a lot of these like extras, these kid actors to be like, okay, just <laughs> here you go. Here's some horns. Here's a different color face. <laughs> go. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> so I don't Sloth know. Kid was there though. I still like Sloth Kid. <laughs> You know, somebody's carrying that sloth kid. That sloth kid ain't moving quick anywhere. They Somebody has <laughs> put that kid in a backpack and... <laughs> right. Just hang on, buddy. <laughs> Strap him in. Or like one of those... Oh, what are those thingamajiggers uh, called that they... they Because I didn't have them when, when Julie was... Like a baby Bjorn? Yes. Yes. Like you strap them in. They're either like all strapped up in the front when mamas carry yeah. their babies and they're like doing housework and stuff. Um, uh-huh. I, I, I'm dumb today. I'm not good with words. Um, it, it, my brain just stops functioning when I log out of work for the day. So my brain is, is <laughs> clocked out. I'm sorry. Um, but yeah, somebody has strapped that kid in and said, let's go. Um, so anyway, I don't know. And yeah, I, I thought the same thing. I was like, okay, so... If 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 she made that decision, it has to be to try to buy them more time. Because yeah, but I mean, what's sad? That's all. The, that's the all I can see. But it is incredibly heartbreaking. She's not going to make it. Yeah, she promised. You know, promised, promised me, crossed her. my heart. You know that that I'll, I'll catch up with you. But then immediately, the narrator 
sometimes it's tough to say goodbye. Like you're like, okay, thanks for just ruining my whole day, Brolin. <laughs> <sighs> I know. Brutal. <laughs> Because, yeah, she did. She promised her. And I was like, you should not have done that. I mean, mm-hmm. that's going to break her. I mean, it's whether she'd promised her or not, it would be completely heartbreaking. But I don't know. She, yeah. I felt like I was like, don't promise her that. Um, yeah. Because she's not going to make it out Amy, of there. But I'm, I'm scared. Like, I don't think it's going to end well. I don't think it's going to end well for her. I mean, if they don't kill her, then they're going to take her prisoner and she's yeah. most likely never going to see torture her, her to again. sell out the kids or something like that. And it's yeah, either way, it's not going to go well. I, I think no matter what, it's not going to go well for her. Um, I, I can kind of appreciate a little bit how she's wanting to stand her ground, but I hate that she abandoned the kids to do it. Um, and that they're going to have to figure out things on their own. So I don't know. Just had some thoughts about that. Um, so anyway, that was that was my number three. It's really all I had to say about that. All right. Well, it was my number two. So I oh, okay. switch it up again. We'll make well, three number one. We'll just make, follow in suit. Uh, make you play <laughs> some Scrabble here with your yeah, top five. Switch them around. Switch them around a little bit. <laughs> uh, but that's fine. Yeah, just because I had a few other notes about that. So continue on with that. Mainly about that. You know, you mentioned it's marked. Like we saw before. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I actually was kind of wondering the same thing that Wendy did. So I'm really glad that they took just a little moment to have Amy explain it. Because Wendy's asking, well, why don't we just take the ribbons down? Why don't we take them down? And Amy makes a really good point where she says, well, if we take them down, then they'll know that we're here for sure. Mm-hmm. I was like, yeah, that that makes perfect sense, actually. <laughs> like, Yeah. Because these, since they don't touch them, you know, last men start showing up one by one, but they... They stay outside. They're monitoring the place because, you know, Wendy asks, you know, do they know that we're here? And it's, we're not really sure. Amy's not really sure, but it's like, but well, as long as we are not actively moving around outside, we're not messing with the fences, we're not engaging with them. They're just going to stand there and wait it out. They're kind of just monitoring the place, which Mm -hmm. is terrifying. It is. At least instead of fighting back, Amy makes that decision. It's like, we have to use every second that we have to plan and make sure this escape happens because that's the only choice at this point. Yeah. So, I think yeah, I had that it's, same it's rough. <laughs> yeah. I think I had that same look of fear when they discovered or when Amy discovered those ribbons. Um mm-hmm. I was like, oh crap. Yeah, I mean she's you can tell she is doing everything in her power to hold it together because even, you know, have that moment when she's like, Mom and like snaps her out of it. She's like, mm-hmm. oh we're gonna be fine it's all okay like it's she is just terrified and she's doing everything that she can to hold it together for her daughter and these kids and it's not an enviable position at all that she is in (laughs) no no and you know it's it's not just her anymore you know it's not just Mm -hmm. her tending her plants and things like that there at the old zoo you know she's got all these kids she's got wendy who she considers her daughter and then all these kids that she has taken on and protected and raised um throughout the the years that they've been with her so Mm -hmm. yeah i scary i can't imagine and then Um, the only other things i had with that point to kind of connect to that is the points stuff's going down in essex uh not just at the at the zoo but then also our uh 
wonderful adventurous trio has now made their way at the end of the episode into Essex County. Things are starting to come together. And we first get that hint when they're playing I Spy Baron Gus on the train. And the billboard with the monkey is a billboard for the Essex County Zoo where the preserve is set up. And so I'm like, all right, let's get these storylines merging. Let's go. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, We're definitely at a point that things are definitely going to be moving forward in the next couple Mm -hmm. of episodes for sure. Yeah, that was kind of exciting. Um, Well, was that was that your number four? I don't. It. Yeah, sorry, number I guess two. Number two. I'm going number backwards. Two. It was originally my number two. I skipped my three. Did I? So I could put one in three. I'm moving things around. So yes, but that was number two. Okay. Well, <laughs> my number three now becomes my number one. As I <laughs> mentioned, my brain stopped working about two hours ago uh, after logging out. I'm 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 serious. My brain power, my brain func- just stops. It's like you're just done. You mm-hmm. you have zero capacity to think anymore for the rest of the day. Just sit and watch TikTok is all my brain tells me to do. Um so number two. Okay. Yeah. Um well I just again a super short mention here um is dog. Um I first I have a question is how does Gus have like super smelly powers, but he can't? I had the same question. <laughs> it's in my notes. I was like, well, uh, there's Thank a big you. old plot hole that I'm just going to do my best to ignore. It's like, because he specifically points out, well, it was ma- Pubba made it from his own sock, so it still smells like him. I'm like, well, then why can't your super smelling find that dog immediately? Come on, kid. <laughs> Get that nose working, my friend. If he can smell those pills in that train car when they were at the market. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I, I don't even have a list of all the times that we've seen his, Oh, when he could smell the food, when they went to the, yeah. um, the lot, I keep the there. lodge, but he's like, Oh, well there's food right there. I mean, Holy crap. Um, but he can't smell dog even after they run past it, you know, mm-hmm. as they're running from the last men there, um, before they jumped off the train. So like, come on, man. Um, right. it, it's, it's like they're, that that it did annoy me. It was like it was like we're only going to remember that he has these you know little super animalistic powers uh, when it's convenient. <laughs> Otherwise, we're just going to pretend that they don't exist. Um, right. So For the drama. Yeah. So that was a little. I didn't like that so much. But um. Anyway, this this is kind of what I was mentioning earlier was you know, getting to see Jep's paternal instincts, you know, come out again mm-hmm. when he sees dog, um, you know, through the, the door window there and decides to go ahead and um, take a risk and retrieve him. Cause he knows how much it, you know, it means to, to guess it's like the, one of the last things that he kept, um, yeah. you know, from his life when he was with Pubba and something that Pubba made for him. And he even talks about, when bear asks, um, you know, in this episode, well, what's your favorite memory of him? And, you know, he's like, you know, when, um, when he, he gave me, or it was my birthday and he gave me dog. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean that, that stuff dog is a family member to him. Yeah, absolutely. That is that important? Absolutely. Um, so yeah. So, and in the end, Jep does retrieve dog for him. And then we have poor Jimmy, totally just sacrificing himself you know yeah. so so they can get away after um like, alerting them to where they're at um yeah like a total badass 
Yeah. I'm just like, it probably doesn't end too well for him, but you know what? I'm going to hold on to hope that he's okay. Just, we don't see anything. So, you know what? He, he beat them all up and he escaped. He's fine now. Don't tell me any different or I'll be mad. Uh, <laughs> I know. I don't want to think about what they probably did to him because, you know, we didn't really get to see, how, and I, I didn't need to, but, you know, see how it all played out or whatever. But it was yeah. kind of cool how he was also kind of harnessing, like when we got to see Jep kind of harness yeah. his drive. The announcer to, voice yeah, narrating like, while he's beating him up. I love exactly. It. That was so cool. And it was such a cool transition because, you know, the, that's when they went into the tunnel. And so you got the flashes of like the light from mm-hmm. the tunnel or whatever. And so then it kind of fades into that montage of him on the field. And so it was kind of cool to see, you know, him kind of also harness that and kind of, as he told Jep, go back to what he was good at. Um, mm-hmm. so I don't know. It was, it was sad though. Cause I'm like, man, poor innocent Jimmy just trying to, you know, live his life and get by and survive in this world. And, you know, he, he runs into an old friend for a few minutes and then sacrifices himself so they can, you know, get away. Um, felt kind of bad for him and had a little bit, not quite as an emotional hit as this, but it, it reminded me just a little bit of a Hodor moment. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And all. <laughs> Literally. Uh, Leave it at that because I don't yeah. know. I don't want to put out any spoilers or anything. But if you know, you know. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Not quite as emotional for sure. But, mm-hmm. you know, put it out there. So, anyway, <clears throat> what is your number one? All right. Which is funny because it <laughs> ties in again a little bit. Uh, awesome. Which I love it is, yeah, that paternal instinct. I call it the. Uh, the kind of unstable but getting there father son dynamic between Jep and Gus is I really do start seeing them warming to each other in a familial way, a father son way. It's kind of like I, I can see that. And a lot of it is kind of me joking about certain things, but like it adds to that looking at it. I was like, Yep, Gus is living this normal childhood life. And once he starts dropping, are we there yet? Are we there yet? It's like, yeah, no, you've entered that realm. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Classic father-son road trip situation. Mm -hmm. Are we there yet? (laughs) I told you, once you saw the river, we'd be there. Have you seen the river? No, then we're not there yet. Uh, (laughs) It's very, very classic there. And then, then, of course, I think with Jimmy mentioning, like I mentioned earlier, asking Jeff, oh, is that your kid? And Jep has this moment, like, no, he's just he's just a kid I'm helping. But then you see on his face, he's he's considering, he's like, well, damn it, maybe, maybe we're getting somewhere with that. And then he steps into full dad mode after that immediately when Gus finally shows up. And the first thing's like, you know, where the hell have you been? You almost gave me a heart attack. I'm like, yeah, that's he's officially transitioned into father figure right there. Um, yep. <laughs> with that line. Those are parental words. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> For sure. And then I love, you know, when he helps Gus, you know, distracting him while he's sad because he still can't find dog. And that's like a perfect dad move, parent move, is distracting him from that being like, oh, look, remember what I told you about Colorado? And then has Jimmy up there, there's the river. Like, just moving him to yeah. different things and really trying to be there for him and help him such a parent thing. And so I, I loved that. But then also like the little pep talk he gives him, which I was like, was that an intentional pun? Jep, are you really doing that? He doesn't buck up kid. There's no crying in the apocalypse. 
And like the last part I love, <laughs> No Crying in the Apocalypse. I was like, I need that on a shirt. But the yes. buck up, I was buck like, up. but like, because c- he's a deer and a- adult adult male deer are bucks. Like man up. I'm, I'm over explaining that. But yeah, yeah like, I'm like, Almost wow, two on the there's la- layers to that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that's good. It's like that's that's really funny. I don't know if he even meant it that way, but uh, there's layers there. Mm-hmm. Uh, buck up, man up, deer up. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's great. And yeah, and then him going back for dog, like you mentioned, is kind of like the ultimate, like last, like dad move that he has to pull there, where he's gonna risk everything, being like, "This is that kid's like comfort item that he knows how much it means to him," and he's just like. Yeah, so what if I'm putting myself in danger? It almost is that moment where he's like, I have to do this for my kid. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's like your Bubby, you know, uh, that's his last piece of home and like his last like thing that he has that ties him to, to Pubba. Yeah. Um, and, and the fact that he'd, you know, just be like, just deal with, deal with it, you know, you'll get over it. That instead of what he might have said to him, you know, four or five episodes ago, you know, is definitely completely changed. So, yeah, yeah, a definite change that's come across him for sure. I liked it. See, I like Scott it. That is my number one now. It's been moved around. <laughs> you played some. It's um, a good one, though. Scrabble with your number five there. Yeah. Um, well, we talked a little bit about mine, but I wanted to just talk about Go Grow that we finally found out what that was. And it was all because of Jimmy. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we keep hearing about what, what go grow is like, go there. Um, and we have no clue what, where it is or what it stands for. And then when Jimmy overhears them talking about it, you know, he's trying to remember. And of course, you know, he's struggling, has some memory issues due to the multiple concussions. And he goes through his notebook and finds, um, you know, about finds the information that he has on their different stops about a city um, outside of Essex city called Goss Grove. But he said, nobody calls it that anymore. They call it go grow. Um, and then as you mentioned, when they do get off the train, um, they see the gates and um, see Essex. And I mean, here we are, we've been waiting for yeah. how long to finally get there. This has been like the whole point of the journey. And I feel we're definitely coming to an end um, and again, we've only got two episodes to go, so it makes sense, but I'm, you know, is this going to be a happy reunion? Is it going to be a sad realization? You know, Puppet told Gus his mom was dead and yeah. we don't know why we don't know if it's true and we don't know why, but I don't know. I don't know if this is going to be a good thing or a bad thing. I'm kind of, I'm kind of worried. I feel like with some of the, you know, dark things that's happened, it's not going to be all, you know, rainbows and unicorns. So yeah. I don't know, but I'm, I'm ready to go and finish the journey on these next two episodes oh, yeah. to find out. So I thought I, I liked that was finally getting that realization as to what go grow is and them getting that piece of the puzzle that they needed. Um, and they just happened to land on it when they, when they got off the train um, and, and jumped, jumped at that moment. I guess if they hadn't jumped when they did, they wouldn't have, been there would they or you know if they had stayed on the train i don't know how much longer they were planning on staying on the train but they had to jump because of the last men so yeah jep said that 
Essex County would have been the next stop. Ah, uh, okay. So they but were because there. it's a hauler train. They might not have stopped. I'm not sure. Right. They're not picking up more people. So True. he knows that it's close, but even if they would have stopped, then it probably would have taken them like, I don't know what if it taken them further into the city or maybe a little outside of it. I'm not sure, but yeah, it worked out. They're like, well, if we got to jump, this is the place to do it. Yep. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm glad we finally got the answer to that and, and kind of landed where, where we did, but I'm really ready to see what happens next. So that's, yep. that's my number one. Awesome. Do you have any notes? Yeah, I've got a number of different little notes. Okay. Just kind of go through them. Uh, of course, the very beginning, I was like, typical Gus, just asking all of the questions as they're trying to catch the train. But I was like, but they're good questions, though. Honestly, the, aren't I, won't I need my hat? Uh, won't people try to kill me? It's like, you know, it's a good point when you're he getting on a train. has a point. Uh, yeah. yeah. He's learning. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But still uh, not yeah. listening. No, not, not so much. I just want to be like, uh, just would you please just listen? Stay put. So those little kid moments. Even Bear having to be like, Gus is such a kid in all of those ways where Bear has been, Gus, get down from there. We're gonna like, yeah. like these little things. It's just like, man, or, you know, while they're hiding from Jimmy and he's sitting there futzing around with everything in his bag and both Bear and Jeff are just like, quit. What are you doing? Like, Please just listen for once. We're telling sit, you for a reason. There's a legitimate reason. Yeah, that's so annoying. I'm, I I get it. He's a kid, but I'm like, listen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, his at least he can be so adorable to balance it out because other times he's just like, man, I just want to squish you. Say, <laughs> like, sit, stop, stop, sit still. Quit doing what you're doing. So glad that he's so cute because right. Oh, it balances out his annoying moments like that. Right. It's like, at least you warm my heart at other times, because right now I just want to tie you mm-hmm. down somewhere so you stop moving and doing things. Yes. <laughs> Put you in a straight jacket and sit you down. Uh. <laughs> it's great. But uh, yeah, you talk about kind of the train. Uh, good luck, bad luck, where it's a hauler train, so there's no passengers, so we don't really have to deal with, hot, you know, people too much. You know, good news. But then, oh, it's also b- being boarded by a bunch of traveling last men. Bad news. Oh, yeah. Uh, that sucks. <laughs> and then they noticed the, the car full of Choco Rockets. What is up with the chocolate? Is really dark. <laughs> That's not a pun I meant to make. <laughs> dark chocolate. No. Um <laughs> but I don't chocolate. I don't know what kind of chocolate they use for these bars. But uh <laughs> but no, the actual use for them, I was like, oh, that is really dark. Because Jimmy says you know, yeah, the last men are moving all of their operations to some other place, including the Choco Rockets. The chocolate bars are part of the operations of the last men, because as we see in the first episode, they use them as bait to catch these hybrid kids. That's oh. what they tried to do with Gus. I was like, oh, no, that's they just took a car full of candy and made it real dark and depressing. <laughs> oh, to lure little kids. Yeah. To their capture and probably death and torture. Torture and death. Mm-hmm. Wonderful. Beautiful things. Ugh. Ugh. Uh, yeah, see what else I got? I liked uh, Bear and Jep's relationship through this episode where it starts off, they're still butting heads with each other, but like over the tiny little things. Yeah. And then by the end, we kind of get this arc of like, you know, Jep's wanting Gus and Bear to jump and he's going to hold off with Jimmy. And Bear makes the point of like, no 
together. You're with us. She really makes that distinction that we are a team now. Yeah. And so I think that was huge. And then whenever they are, you know, walking through the tunnel before they find Essex and Jep kind of looks at Baron is like, I know you were planning on going South, but I want you with us. And if you want to come with us, like they're a team, like they're starting to warm up to each other. And that yeah. Was cool. They're becoming a little family. Mm-hmm. And then let's see what else. Uh, I liked Gus referring to Jimmy as other big man. Yeah. That was fun. Um, <laughs> And then I guess, yeah, the only other note is like the episode title. I think it's the first time it was not spoken in the episode, except for maybe the pilot. I was like, so we're not going to get a mic drop from Steve. Mm. Leave that to him to see if he does anything with it. But uh, yeah, I noticed that. Now I listen to it because I'm just like waiting for the moment where I'm like, hey, I can hear Steve saying mic drop mic every drop. time I'm watching the episode now. <laughs> yeah, I was waiting to see if it would be said. And uh, I didn't catch it anywhere. So I don't think we have one this episode. Mm-hmm. Yep. So yeah, last one I have, unless you want to do yours first and then I can do music. Or well, we covered tricks. mine. I had hashtag free Trixie because um, <laughs> I was really excited about that. I thought it was a beautiful shot <laughs> of getting to see Trixie running free. Um, yeah, that, that was that beautiful. Was awesome. It made my, it made me happy. It was like one of the, um, you know, there, there were a couple of happy moments, but, you know, also a lot of sad and um questioning moments and that was definitely a, a very happy moment for me i thought that was beautiful seeing her run free and then just about the chocolate um and we talked about that so that's all i've got mm-hmm. if um you would like to drop whatever music notes that you have all right so the song of this episode <laughs> singular uh, <laughs> the one that's all and it's right off the beginning but yeah during the train chase and boarding scene right there at the beginning is a song called hello miss lonesome by marlon williams I hadn't heard it before, but uh, it was it was fun. It was good. I like it. Yeah, it's it's funny you say song singular. Like we're getting fewer and fewer songs. Um, it reminds me a little bit like of what was it Umbrella Academy last season, season two uh, that we covered and talked about it. Like, it was and like here's they, where they ran out of they the budget blew of music. all their music budget in like the first <laughs> yeah. four episodes, and then the yeah. songs slowly dwindled just a little bit. You got fewer and yeah. fewer songs. <laughs> <laughs> oh such a such a good um season two of umbrella academy was so good they wrapped filming of season three guys so watch out for news for when that comes out by the way but yeah Mm -hmm. so much great music came out of season two and but then it was like then we were so hyped and then like mid midway and on it kind of was like there's still good stuff but it was far and few between yeah it's funny cracks me up that's okay though all right. Um, well, thank you for the musical notes. It's always, you know, they 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 make interesting choices with the music, so I like hearing about it. Yeah. Cause a lot of it I haven't heard. Um, all right. Well, now to our listener feedback portion. Um, I'll take this first one. It's from our good friend Lindsay Schlicht. Um, she says this felt like a bit of a ho hum episode without a lot of story progression. I still enjoyed it, but there's not much to comment on. Mostly felt like the episode leading them all to meet up. You can start to see where the paths of Gus's group, Pigtail's group, and Dr. Singh will eventually come together. A few standout moments to me. I would love to see a herd of zebras, giraffes, and elephants running the plains of Colorado. I really love the sweet moments on the show. Jeff risking everything for dog. The last man guy telling Dr. Singh he let their horse go. And Ronnie passing her husband the Scrabble tile. 
I was pretty surprised at the end, not only Amy basically leaving all those kids to stay behind at the zoo, but just how many hybrid kids there actually were. Still have a lot of questions on the on that front. Why do we only see Pigtail? Why does she seem to be the only one who speaks? And why is Bobby the only one who looks so much like just an animal while the rest look like kids? Um, well, I first, I'll go back. I also would love to see a herd of zebras, giraffes, and elephants running the plains of Colorado. I think that yeah. would be cool. If all, <laughs> if something like that happened and they just let all the animals out of the zoos and they just got to run free um, and not be in zoos because I don't particularly like zoos. Um, and then as far as um, I think some of it had to be as far as the kids, I think some of it just has to do with the budgeting and the CGI. Um, I know that mm-hmm. they do use puppeteering uh, for Bobby's close ups. They use a a puppeteer and then other times they use CGI. I think it's just maybe they don't, they're not able to show them all. um, And that's why we don't see them as well. I was kind of shocked too, how many hybrid kids we really didn't see very many. Um, You know, when um, uh, Wendy was talking about them in one of the other episodes, I just thought there was only like five or something. Um, And as far as why does she seem to be the only one who speaks? I, I mean, I don't know that I have the right answer to this, but so I think it's just she was raised. She was raised being a baby by Amy. Amy would have talked same way Papa did with Gus. Is when you raise a child, you teach them things. You teach them to to talk and to read and to you know do all these little things and chores. And I mean, she was raised as a normal kid, while these other kids were like some of them had been on their own in the wild for who knows how long, or had been abandoned as babies and, and probably very limited and, speech. Mm-hmm. And I'm also guessing um, hybrids that are more like Bobby who lean more towards animalistic characteristics. I mean, I talk to my dogs all day long and they don't talk to me back. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, and it's because they're not capable, right? Like dogs can't, talk so i'm wondering if because some of these hybrids lean more towards like animal um features and characteristics that maybe they just don't have the capability to form words or they -hmm. just don't have that biology and physical makeup to be able to talk um Mm -hmm. but i think i mean bobby does a little bit you know, it sounds like Bobby he's like, ready. <laughs> I don't know where I'm at with that. He's he's kind of cute. This episode, he was kind of cute. I'll give I'll I'll give him that. But um, and then again, were some of these kids feral? You know, mm-hmm. were they abandoned because you know parents were freaking out that their kids were hybrids and they just were abandoned? As horrible as as that sounds, if you're not raised to hear speech and, and, you know, then why would you know how to talk? Um, mm-hmm. So I don't know. That's that. Those are my theories. Uh, I don't know if we'll get some answers or not. Um, and then I don't know. I don't know why Bobby is the one who looks so much like just an animal. He's not the only one. I think we saw the sloth kid and didn't we see it? Did we see a monkey monkey kid mm-hmm. monkey hybrid that looked more like a monkey than what he did a little kid. Yeah. And I think those were the only only ones that we've seen so far and the others did look like little kids. I don't know. So we got Junior, Junior the owl kid, owl boy. 
Oh, but did we see Perched. him or? Like, yeah, we see him for just a little bit last week. Okay, I'm, I might have quick. missed him. Yeah, and he's got like the full wings and like the beak and feathers and okay. bird-like. Yeah, I don't know. Well, And maybe we'll get some more answers to that because I, I do feel like they should explain it a little bit more or kind of give a little bit more of an explanation to some of that. Um, but that's mm-hmm. my theory anyway. Thank you, Lindsay. Thanks for um, sticking with us so far. We've only got two more to go. Yeah. All right. We have an email from Darnell here. It says, hello, Rima and Paik. I'm enjoying your awesome coverage of Sweet Tooth. I'm a busy man working two jobs, so I have barely enough time to watch each episode once. I thank you and Paik. Well, I Paik's now. <laughs> you didn't know who was going to read this. No. <laughs> Rima. That's funny. Uh, yeah, for rewatching episodes and providing details of things I may have missed. It takes a lot of time and devotion to write down episode details and share them with your growing audience, so I wanted to let you know we appreciate what you do. My favorite podcasts are the ones that I can learn from, the ones that are more than a few jokes about a series or movie. The Strange Indeed podcast does that and then some. Great job, guys. Side note, Netflix has a movie starting September 15th called Night Books. It's a young adult fantasy about a witch that has a magical apartment. She holds a kid captive in it, and he can only stay alive if he tells a scary story every night. You might want to check that out. Take care. Be well. Hmm. That sounds disturbing. <laughs> he sent uh, the link for the trailer. I'll share it with you if you like. Um, yeah, I'm going to have to check that out. Yeah. But aside from that side note, thank you so much, Darnell, for your kind words. That actually does really mean a lot. I appreciate that. Yeah. Um, I appreciate what you say there, Darnell. It's always nice to hear you know um when someone appreciates what you do um i think i'd be doing this regardless but it's always nice to you know hear that people do appreciate um what what we do um because it is work and we we feel good about it um most of the time (laughs) speak for myself um but thank you that means a lot i i appreciate you and all of our listeners um, for, well, listening to us, um, yeah. writing in every week or sending us voice messages or emails um, and just telling us and being here, um, seeing you like our posts, writing in and leaving comments. Um, I appreciate that. So thank you, Darnell. That means a lot. Mm-hmm. All right. So we did get a voice message this week from our friend, Steve. We'll see um, if he had a substitute for his mic drop moment um, yeah, this week. So let's <laughs> see what he has to say. Hey, Rima and Paik, Paik and Rima. Uh, this is Steve, and this is for Sweet Tooth, uh, whatever, Stranger Danger on a Train. Whoa, that was quite a jump. Uh, I guess the deer part of him has got some, some spring in his step, huh? <laughs> I love Are We There Yet? <laughs> this is great. <laughs> yeah, he's got way better eyesight than you and better hearing. It's super. It's deer. Okay, this is not good. I don't know how long Dog's been missing, but it's going to take quite a bit to backtrack for him. I love this moment between uh, Tommy and uh, his football friend because you realize how many other football players must have joined up and Tommy's seen them either die or become bad. This is a very touching scene between um, Avi and and, and Ronnie, um, but he's still in the wrong. Oh, the plot thickens, so now we see that 
big man had some sort of hybrid child, I think. <laughs> okay, I'm sorry. I, I know I shouldn't be condescending about this, but Puppa made a uh, dog out of his own socks and it still smells like him? Ew. Okay, this um, Gogro or is is way too close to Gogru from Mandalorian. Is that? Do you remember that Mandalorian? Yeah. Okay, Bear, you're asking what the hell he did that for? Because he's big man and he was getting dog. Oh, I just I just so caught the feels right there when Jimmy said, "Be with your family." Oh, I don't remember what happens with Amy, but. I really hope she survives. All right. Okay, that ending, I'm still, like, honestly, I don't remember what happened. So, uh, can't wait for the future. (laughs) (laughs) I think he had um, a similar theory to what you said. He said hybrid baby. Yeah. I don't know. Because I guess... Any baby born after a certain point, we had learned they're all hybrids. hybrids. So we don't know how far back does. <gasps> Last time I saw you and Louisa goes, we don't know. That's right. Oh, so. I just had an epiphany. Maybe. <laughs> hmm. I mean, they weren't. If they were like kind of hanging out right before everything happened and she was pregnant. And like right around when the fall of like society and everybody was dying and all the babies are being born as hybrids. Oh, and, but man, but he was a poacher. He had like, mm-hmm. he himself had a hybrid kid and he was out hunting them. Oh, Jep. I don't know. I shouldn't say anything. I don't know. I yet. don't know. Thank you, Steve. See, maybe. Yeah, I guess we'll see. Well, thank you everyone for contributing this week to um, the feedback. I always appreciate you guys taking taking a couple of minutes and letting us know what you guys have have to say about the episodes. Uh-huh. Um, next week on Strange Indeed, um, we'll be covering episode seven of Sweet Tooth titled When Pubba Met Birdie. Oof. Like I said way earlier, I was like, with the name of that, I'm like, I'm very intrigued because it's definitely, like you said, some backstory that I feel like we've been waiting for a long time. Yes. But I also hope it's not all backstory and setup because I do want to move things forward too. Do you wanna, I don't want to save everything like where we ended this episode and just like drop it and have just backstory and only show that in the next episode. I feel like we have to at least have some back and forth. Right. Yeah. Um, maybe some flashback, but let's keep moving forward with Jep and Gus and Bear um, and Addie and Ronnie and everything else that's going on. So I agree. Yeah. No description uh, for me this week. I feel like that tells me enough of yeah. kind of what to expect. And I'm glad. I mean, I want to hear friggin' Peppa's backstory. I mean, we've been speculating for weeks. We've had some interesting questions, so yeah. I hope we get those answers. I'm excited. We're finally going to get it. And I'm always, of course, to see, um, um, what's his name, Will? Will Forte. Will, before, yes, thank you. Again, brain shut down. Um, <laughs> and we're going to have some news pretty soon. Um, stay tuned, everyone. I'm not going to announce anything today because I'm not ready yet. Um, but be looking for, um, on our um, social media 
Um, we're going to have some things coming out soon about what's coming up next after Sweet Tooth. So um, stay tuned. That's all I'm going to say. Well, we are excited that you followed us to Yellowstone, but we also ask that you please follow us on Twitter at Strange TCast. You can like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash StrangerTCast. You can email us at StrangerThingsCastPod at gmail.com. And you can also find us on the TV Time app. You can find Strange Indeed and a bunch of other great podcasts at podcastica.com. And go out and leave a review for Strange Indeed on Apple Podcasts. A lot of great things happening on Podcastica. Walking Dead is back. So that means Jason and Lucy are back with their coverage of... Um, the Walking Dead on Walking Dead cast. And then, of course, um, yeah. Jason is also covering the What If um, animated series on um, that's from Marvel on Disney+. Plus. That is a really interesting series. Yeah, I'm loving it. You'd finally just caught up on all of it because you I were did. on the la- latest episode of What If. I did. Yeah. I didn't mean for that to be a shameless promotion, but, um, but yeah, I was just on. (laughs) Throw it out there, which perfect one for you to be on because so far that's the darkest and twistiest episode of it so far. It it was somehow very fitting. (laughs) God was that dark. Yeah. Not to give anything (laughs) away, um, but it, you know, was definitely a a little dark. Yeah. I got to guess um, with uh, Jonathan and Jason uh, on there and talk about the third episode um, of what if, which, I, I really enjoyed and yeah, I was behind. I was behind. I've I'm behind on almost everything nowadays. So um, I had uh, watched the third cause it's an anthology. You don't have to watch yeah. the episodes in a row or anything like that. So I watched the third episode first and got that first watch out of the way. I thought, well, I'm going to go back and watch the other two as a comparison. So I can kind of at least be able to talk about them and come, you know, kind of compare the series um, as to where they're at. And I think it's great. The what if, um, comic series, you know, was, I always enjoyed that as a kid whenever I was reading comics, I didn't get to read all of them. Obviously I'm not familiar with the entire series, comic series from a kid. I, I, comics were very hit or miss for me. Um, I didn't have a comic store, so I kind of got my, um, comics secondhand from different resources. But every time I got my hands on one, I always really enjoyed the what if series, um, whenever I was growing up. So it, I, I'm, Gosh, really great series. The animation's great. Storytelling's great. The acting, even though it's animated, the voice actors are really great. Um, some of the uh, cast from the Marvel series, um, you know, those characters, some of them have come back. So it's really cool to see them again. So yeah, yeah. definitely check that out on House Podcastica that Jason is um, covering right now. And um, speaking of great podcasts, be sure to check out Pake and Daphne on their podcast called run for your lives. And you guys are still on your hiatus, right? Yeah. We've got another like two weeks or so, I which think that- gives plenty of time to go back and catch up on your awesome catalog that you guys have had for an entire year. Now you guys just celebrated your, your one year yeah. anniversary. Congrats. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. It's been, yeah, officially a year since we published episode one and that's, crazy so <laughs> i'm really excited it's it's been a lot of fun we got a lot more coming season three again starts pretty soon in the next couple of weeks and we've got some good stuff already lined up and recorded and ready to go for that that i think you guys will really enjoy if you listen and enjoy the uh, podcast and yeah so for now while we have some downtime go back listen to old episodes i definitely uh recommend some of our episodes that have kind of been 
our, our biggest hits, I guess, mm-hmm. as we look through analytics and stuff. Uh, we covered the day after tomorrow. A lot of people seem to really like, like that was a fun one. one. Yeah. And uh, speaking of Jason with Podcastica and Walking Dead cast, House Podcastica, we, he, we've had him on one episode. He came on with us to talk about The Descent. Mm-hmm. That movie is incredibly disturbing oh, and dark. Man. But uh, yeah, I think it was a really great episode and conversation. So check that one out if you haven't heard it. Absolutely. Yeah, good time to get caught up if you're like me and always behind. <laughs> you can... <laughs> <laughs> So that's awesome. Well, we look forward to what you guys are going to be putting out in your next season. And congrats on your one year. Thank you. All right. That is our show. Thanks for listening, everyone. Until next time, I'm Rima. And I'm Peg. And Alexis Inglis is strange indeed.